take them through scenarios where they have a story that they have to go through. Now we are much more aware of that there's a community out there that we are connected with. Most of the time, there's a, the men might have been there in the past, but the woman was pulling the strings behind. In the room, 52 Jokers Wild. It's another Friday and we are back on our little show in the room. And our guest today is Cecilia Kansipolsky, who is from Argentina. Uh, so we're actually having this amazing conversation with me and Garvin here in Ireland and Cecilia in Argentina. Welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for coming on today. And uh, we got talking to you last week and uh, we discovered that you're down there in Argentina. You've been here to Ireland uh, mm -hmm. which is where you're sort of connected. And you're there helping out a load of folks uh, with with uh, some kind of uh, portal to help the, the people down there in Argentina get some more creative work. Now, normally we don't go into too much of a, an interview. We just throw things around and sometimes come off with key words. So we may start off with this and then just go off a, a tangent in another direction. So don't be worrying about that. That's just me and Garvin. So. <laughs> but we'll let you start off with that. So tell us a little bit about... Uh, well, how things are going down in Argentina at this particular point in time? Hi, George. Hi, Harvin. Oh, thank you so much for having the opportunity to be here and connecting with these amazing people. And wow, what a question. How things are going now in Argentina? It's actually, uh, it's not the best time. And then this the 2020 and the pandemia hit a bit uh, well, it, uh, we could have a bit through going through an economical and social crisis, though. But uh, actually, the paradigms in everything had changed so much. The paradigms in work, the paradigms in education. And I'm fully convinced that when we are going through such a um, dramatic and strong changes, there's a huge opportunity. So that's why it's like a blue ocean of opportunities. If you are into entrepreneurship, if you are looking and active and connecting with people, I think never, ever before we've been so connected. So that's something that actually now this having the opportunity to be here and speaking with you, it's something. <laughs> that's huge. Uh, what I like about that is, is like, so we don't normally start a show, <clears throat> excuse me, mm -hmm. and go into what is, no we know what's out there. We know what's happening in the last couple of years. And and it's like, I don't turn the news on anymore because the news never has any good news. It only has bad. And it's not only just bad, it's sensationalism bad. And it's shock value bad. And it's frightening. It might be false, it might be true, but it's not going to make you feel good. Actually, it might in reverse make you feel good because you feel <laughs> better about your own predicament if that's how bad others have it. But we're, what we're trying to do is be positive. And we're saying, you touched on the, la the blue sky thinking there. It's everywhere on the planet, that's going, the, what's going on is there's a pandemic. We know some places are hurting worse than others. Some are fixing it faster than others. But the one thing that's common is the planet's coming together this is there's massive transformation going on. The digital transformation rollout has accelerated. And the one thing you talked about last week was some of the fix for where you are is because of the technology and the openness of the cloud, the internet, the cloud, and the infrastructure in the cloud can now help workers in Argentina 
STEM workers maybe in particular reach out to a new audience of, of employers because you have the skill sets, you've got great staff over there, great employee potential. You just don't have the, the market at home. The market is a worldwide market and you want to reach out and bring, bring your, your talent and, and the talent around you of Argentina to the world market. And I'm going, that's what we're hearing. That's what we like. There is bad out there, but you're on a, on a road to good. Yes, you're on a road to growth. You're on no, a road no, to transformation. That, that is completely, it's exactly as is you say. Is that what you're up to? Uh, now we are massively connected and the opportunities are, are, are unique. Never, ever before we had such an unique opportunities. Um, before, if you, for example, when I went to Ireland, if I wanted to work in Ireland, I just have to um, put my bags together and take a plane and be there, physically very there. Now I can, and everybody can work remotely. It is absolutely fully accepted and never ever was before. And the important thing is that this offers a lot of opportunities. There's a lot of talent in well, in Argentina, we had over a hundred years of free education, and now, from a few decades ago, fully uh, focused in technology and engineering. And there's many creative people in Latin America. But now, uh, all these talents that actually uh, before had to move physically, and not everybody was able to do it. Now we are open to export these talents to the world, and that's and I think it's something unique. I, I think what I'm liking about uh, stuff at the moment is, is that we are are having an opportunity to talk to like-minded people, whereas in our own environments, in the in the normal world, um, you, you quite often find that you're isolated more so because you're not able to get to mix up with other people who have the same kind of creative spirit that you might have. And I, I, I'm finding that we're, we're getting a chance to talk to more diverse people uh, and it, and it's and not only that we're we're discovering that they they're like minded they're thinking the same way and they're thinking the same kind of creativity and so we're 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 building up a nice community here through the internet which I think is is fantastic to 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 actually see I mean one of the things that uh, I, I was finding that I discovered this this last year is is how much I've uh, been out of practice on the guitar and, and learn my music yeah. and, and and basically get get to get to know how to play music on a guitar which the 40 years beforehand trying to, more traditional ways of doing it i couldn't get anywhere and it's only because i could i could tap into the likes of youtube and see a little technique and try it out myself and i just keep practicing but the great thing is that you also had the opportunity to um just give yourself permission to do some of these activities that you normally wouldn't have done because you were under so much pressure to 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 either meet deadlines or do something silly that that really wasn't building your skills. I, I mean, I, 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 how, what what have you learned yourself during this pandemic, which has given you that kind of positive edge to things? Wow, what did I learn myself? It's a great question, and actually, what you said about being connected and the opportunities to meet like-minded people. That's actually, I never met so many people from so many places. And also you say something that has to do with building a community. And building a community is, um, how to say, it's something that people are, now we are much more aware of that there's a community out there that we are connected with people 
everywhere and every actually everybody is going through the same things like ourselves and that's uh, very unique and what do they learn i learned um well i'm an entrepreneur and a storyteller and sometimes i feel like i'm in a movie that's what are happening argo beyond anyone had imagined and actually uh, argentina and growth in Argentina, we've been crisis after crisis after crisis. And now we see that around the world, people had to change to move from their comfort zone in ways that they were not expected ever before. And actually, and now there's uh, so many people coming with such a creative ways um, to do things that and the technology growth and the opportunities to grow and the, um, the artists, the creative people, the, we are going through so many amazing things to really pivot and reinvent ourselves. I think it's very kind of unique. That, that's where we find ourselves too. Like again, you may have saw some of our shows and we're reinventing ourselves. And what we're re yeah. realizing is the technology is there to reach the planet. Now, it doesn't mean we'll reach the planet if the technology is there. We're not alone in our, in our thoughts. We're not alone in, in it. We, but we, to be no longer alone, we have to reach out and we have to create relationships. We have to make friends. We have to influence people. We have to build that community or become part of that community. So, uh, so we are alone until we reach out, but there is somewhere to reach out to. But finding where that makes the sense, that will make the difference, because it's not just to reach out for the sake of it. It's you, Argentina through yourself is reaching out. It, it, it has its own communities at home, but it needs to reach out beyond itself to solve some of its, not problems. It's not about problems. The gas thing is, you're not reaching out to solve problems. You're actually reaching out to offer solutions of that will solve other countries' problems or companies' problems. You're bringing, you're not bringing a hand in, in, the, in the begging bowl. You're, you're bringing STEM talent to the world marketplace that at a more profitable cost or there's a demand for. It's just making these connections is what we find our problem is. We make a show, we create it. It might have a message in it, it may not, but until it's heard, by, by someone at the other side of the world or the other side of the door, it, has, it hasn't got the value potential that it should have. It needs that community to hear it. It needs that community to understand there's something an offer, that it, there's value in it. But it doesn't know because it's, it's very, very hard to get the message out and to brand yourself that this is what's on offer. This is who you are. This is what you're talking about. This is the solutions you're trying to bring to the world stage that will help two sets or to solve two sets of problems. The problem of, of delivering some jobs somewhere else and getting an income for someone in Argentina. And there's, there's, two win, there's a win-win to be had if only we could package it and if only we could be heard and make that connection with those communities that matter. And that's where we're disempowered. We don't, we don't we're not the experts in engaging with those communities that's what we find you know we're not the expert in that but we have mm. to learn that that's the that's the missing link at the moment for us i think there's a confidence thing because one of the, what what's what's interesting and i'm sure you, cecilia you're having your the, the the community of people that you're dealing with are, are having the same kind of problems because i know that most um 
people that we've interviewed uh, during this sort of last couple of years, their confidence levels have gone down. They're, they're almost suffering from imposter syndrome, which we, we've also had. But, you know, what we're doing is we're kind of going, well, do you know what? We, there is a, there's a body of knowledge that we have in ourselves, and we're trying to use that to try and to actually G ourselves up and help one another and through talking to people, see see how we can, you know, just G ourselves up a little bit to to face some of the, the obstacles that we think we have. And quite often they're not really obstacles. It's just the fear factor when when you're on your own and you just kind of go, oh, nobody will want to know about me or, you know, it's, you don't realize what you potentially have to offer because you're very individually, we are, I know it myself and I think Garvin would agree that we tend to, criticize ourselves very hard and and it's having the courage to step out and just sort of reach out to see what other people are doing and where they are with things and i'm sure you you have you experienced are you experiencing the similar sort of problem in in argentina with the with the, the cohort of people that you're working with how are they solving their sense of inferiority uh, to to reach out to the world wow george that's really a question <laughs> My goodness, it is indeed. Um, actually, uh, let me tell you, I'm, I'm having an art background. I'm being photographer. I've been photographer, teacher. And then I start to the entrepreneur journey. And somehow I got a grant, a fellowship into the Founder Institute. Actually, that helped me. I, I lived in Ireland for over six years. I learned one or two things there. And one was like a um, polite email, <laughs> emailing. And so <laughs> I, uh, and actually storytelling. I've been in Ireland with uh, Fiona Dowling, that I think is an amazing storyteller. And I, um, well, somehow storytelling, uh, teaching, but then I got in the Founder Institute where everybody were mostly male founders and perhaps a bit younger than me, perhaps um, with more um, corporate or academic background than me. And I really felt that I really had to stand out of my zone, my comfort zone. And I had this imposter syndrome. I, you know, it was on the IBM premises and the Founder Institute that had over 200 cities and was coming with this idea of to globalize Silicon Valley. And then I, I was, hi, I'm photography teacher. And then I'm, I'm now starting this startup and I am entrepreneur. And I really was standing out of my comfort zone. But somehow there was someone that... Uh, you know, that believe in me, they gave me this grant and there was, and somehow there was this opportunity and I knew that it was an opportunity and a unique opportunity. And, but then I learned another thing. I saw these amazing, amazing professionals, amazing people in IT and into innovation, but at the end they didn't know how to tell the story. They didn't know how to communicate the story. They didn't know how to make people uh, see their uniqueness there, that they were different to remember them. And then when I did a standout, I'd come in living abroad, having uh, many years of teaching, having a storyteller background, that helped me to went 
with all these other people did not. And they say, well, that's something I had to offer. And after the Founder Institute, I got a few other opportunities and somehow it was mostly because perhaps if I had something that were not that, um, I don't know, people, I knew how to communicate and I knew how to tell the story. And this was the difference. We have a whole show called the story of you and that's what I'm hearing now. You've just, you've just gone back a little bit in time. You came to Ireland. You spent six years here. You were drawn over on a fellowship to the Founder Institute and you, you were like ourselves. You're going, how the hell? How did you get here? You know, what am I doing here? It's like our song again, Once in a Lifetime Talking Heads. Is we don't know how we got there and we find ourselves there and we think we're imposters. And, but we have this once in a lifetime opportunity to now get over the imposter syndrome and realize the reason you're there is other people saw value. They, they went through your CV. They saw there was something to offer. You were different to others that were there. The other people in the room were, could be operations, could be IT. They could build a functional something. They could write code, but they couldn't. Most of the time they can't communicate with the person sitting beside them because they're coders, they're introvert, they're, they, this is what they like to do. They like to build, they like to write code, but they're not the storyteller. The marketeer and the brand individual is a different personality. And the story of the company, the story of the product, the story of the individual, the story of the founder, it needs to be told and connected to the audience of consumer, of, of employee or future employee, of, of, of supplier, of customer, of investor, you know, of user. Because in the absence of it, someone is building something in a room, it could be the best product on the planet, and no one knows it exists. They don't know where it is. They don't know how to buy it. They don't know it's better than the competitive offerings. So I love the fact you're saying you are the storyteller. And therefore, you can what you're trying to do for your colleagues in Argentina and your and your startup is package that story so it can be heard. It needs to be a good story because it has to compete with all this noise and news and fake news and bad news. It needs to be a positive something that people want to rally around because they need, people need good stories, and that's what sells all day long. So. I, I, think, I think I remember something from last week from Chatney and you were mentioning Kickstarter and you're going to go on a Kickstarter journey if I, if I remember right because you have a little bit of a story to tell to a Kickstarter audience to kickstart this, the next step of this, this, this entrepreneurial journey for this startup you're, you're working with. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely. Thank you, Gavin. I, well, uh, after the Founder Institute, I got another amazing opportunity there was the, well, this is called actually the godmother of entrepreneurs. It was Silvia Torres Carbonell. And she'd been building an entrepreneur community in Argentina for over 20 years. When she started, there was no one, absolutely no one, even knew what it is entrepreneurship in Argentina. And then she started and created this program. It's called Naves. But then after that, with the support of the uh, uh, Inter-American, um, sorry, uh, sorry for that, <laughs> was the um, um, Inter-American Development Bank. Um, they create this program that was specifically for women in STEM, in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. And I got a grant there. It was really unique. 
And then I was amazing. I saw also this uh, woman that had over 20 or 30 years in corporate or, and they were not happy and they were really trying to make their own business or export their services because, you know, the crystal ceiling, but also they need much better balance on their personal life, the caring of their elderly, the caring of their children and work and more freedom and then I start hearing these stories and I say, my goodness, what I was thinking that to be able to export freelancers' work, we can do it for with just a, because there's a lot of platforms and they are amazing and they are covering um, most of the market, but, but we have something unique. We have here a huge community that goes through all Latin, through all Latin America with an amazing woman that are very uh, highly qualified, very talented, and are really trying to find a way to export and to give them to globalize their service and also having a better quality of life. And so we are now developing a platform that with a gender perspective for freelancers would focus in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics, but plus we are adding design, what is post-production and production for images, and, if I, and also uh, finance services. So it will be highly qualified professional services like premium services from talented women in Latin and exported to the world. And we are in, still in a very early stage and we are getting now amazing, amazing support from mentors, from... That's really amazing. And one person that I, I have to tell is I'm so thankful for that is Lee Tooney that is coaching us. And also now we are launching a Kickstarter campaign because we need to write some funding and we decide, okay, let's go to, yeah, let's put this idea, let's put this project to the world. And we are launching a campaign on Kickstarter that is going to be on next month on June for yeah for basically for constructing the platform and starting to um, launch our early adopters and it's a great thing again the tech is out there there's platforms that never existed before there's crowdfunding Kickstarter I don't even know what half it is but I know it wasn't there 20 years ago, 10 years ago. There was no Zoom this no Skype that no teams there was no Kickstarter no crowdfunding there's probably no Bitcoin, <laughs> but what it is, we're, we're reaching out, we're Zooming and talking to Argentina. We barely know what Kickstarter is. Well, we know we might have to do one, but we know there's, there's opportunities there that were never there before. We have to educate ourselves to them. We have to train ourselves. How do you, they might be there, but so for 99% of people trying them, they don't work. They can't get through the, the admin. They are, actually, what it really is, is they don't have a compelling story. They, the reason that they're like, you know, floundering in half the application processes on these type of platforms is it's asking hard questions. Do you have this? Do you have your business plan? Do you have your financials? How are you going to give a return on investment? Do you know your market? It's all the business language. It frightens a lot of people. We think we have a product until we start hearing all these legal and compliance and 
and other questions on profitability and cost analysis and KPIs. And it frightens people because it makes them unsure again and it gives them that feeling of imposter syndrome again. Oh, who will buy my product? Now, we have to have this other mental mindset of, I have the best product in the world. And if only I can get the message across, everybody will buy my product or the people that need to buy my product will, will buy it because we can get to them. We can, they'll know and they can see and make their own informed decisions that this is a good product versus the comparative set. But we, like a couple of weeks ago, we were saying, we have a podcast. We've no audience. Well, I'm not saying we've no audience. It's we don't have the audience we want. We want a bigger audience. We want more of an audience. We want a more interactive audience. We want we want to be doing something that's interesting for this audience, so they'll keep on watching, keep on listening, ask for more, tell their friends. That's what we all want. Same with you and any other business. They want testimonials. You want to say, I had a good experience with this product. You will too. And, and tell your friend to buy it as well or your, some other business. So that's what you're doing, reaching out at the moment. You're, going, you're reaching out from an other, the other side of the planet and you're hoping to make some connections and you're promote, trying to promote Argentina and the, and, the, and, the, and the population and the employees and the, and the students of Argentina to the world audience and there's Kickstarter campaigns and there's there's other ways of selling but we haven't we me and George we have no, we, we, we can't do it for ourselves no George knows it all he's waving at me here going we don't know yet but we know the answer lies in education and reaching out and getting involved in these other communities I think it's personal education as opposed to going to an institution oh, I've been and getting education with, oh, with qualifications no, no, I think, I think, I mean, the interesting thing is that, um, I mean, you're talking to two guys here. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, I have uh, two wonderful uh, daughter-in-laws and, and one of them uh, is, is now a doula and she also is getting mm -hmm. business doing baby photography in Canada uh, while her husband's going off and working for uh, a big manufacturing company. And oh. she's getting out there and, and she's doing a, a mother thing and she's then doing uh, her social media and she's getting hits here, there and everywhere. And she's attracting, even with a small audience that she has, she's getting photography business, she's getting doula business and she's building that up. And here in Ireland, I have a, another daughter-in-law who, who her husband, that's my, my son, that's another son, both engineer type characters working for big organizations. Meanwhile, she's out there uh, working her socks off, doing various different jobs that she's doing. She's doing macaroons and she's coming up with these amazing little videos that, that my son apparently now is shooting for her. And then she's editing them on the mobile phone mm. and they're getting business left, right and center. They're getting them out there. They're, they're circulating them with friends and family and people like that. And because they're yummy stuff to eat, people go off and buy them. And they're, they're running a little service to go and meet up with people during the pandemic so that they can have their 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 uh, macaroons and she's even getting uh people uh at weddings because of the weddings the little gifts that they give in the little in these little bundles they're being asked if they could give them little these little macaroon gifts a couple of macaroons to give to everyone in the audience type thing at the wedding ceremony so they're they're being very entrepreneurial in their way of thinking things through and they're not letting uh, any any barriers kind of get in their way and, and i know my wife is the same kind of personality she's the kind of girl that comes along and says right i'm gonna get mucked in where do i start 
And the fellows are sitting there kind of going, we have to plan this. We have to do a business plan. We have to do this, that, and the other. We have to work out what, where, where they, oh, no, that could go wrong. And by the time we've sort of put the pen down and kind of go, no, I don't think it's going to work, they've got it going. <laughs> they're making it happen. And they're doing things. And you're kind of going, oh, we better hurry up because we're going to be behind now. <laughs> and I think that's that could be the gender problem that we're all the men are kind of worried about all the fight, all, all the, all the, you know, strokes of, of, of a pen and getting things round down right. Whereas the women are just getting stuck in and sort of saying, right, what do we need to get done? Okay, you do this, you do that. Are you happy to do the other? And they get on with it. Whereas I think <laughs> the men, unfortunately, are more competitive and, and, and end up sort of more in fighting mode <laughs> than anything else. Is, is that your experience? I mean, what, how are you finding that, um, the, the the people that you're working with in Argentina are are gelling together. Are, are they? You know, is it mainly the women community and they're, they're finding the resources themselves to do things and get out there? And, and what kind of things are they actually trying to sell? I know you're talking about sort of creative things, but is it is it the photography that kind of creative art, or are they doing more craft type based stuff? Wow. Um... I like when you say to make things happen. And also I believe that, uh, well, I'm convinced that uh, it's better done than perfect. Actually, there's a statistics that if you think about the many people that would say, I'm going to do this. And then at the end, people that do things, um, it's less than, let's say, three or three, yeah, three or two percent. Actually, it's very small the people that you know that you say i'm going to do this and do it yeah stop talking about it and do it yes (laughs) yes sometimes uh, that's um yes it's that you think you organize and you want everything to go perfect before starting and things are never going to be perfect in argentina um and in the female entrepreneurs community. There's a big and very strong female entrepreneurs community, but we are going through, um, I have to say the crystal ceiling still needs to be broke. There's this uh, data, for example, the last year, only 2.3% was um, uh, invest in female founders in, in all startups for female founders was only invested 2.3%. And we need to really uh, give new opportunities to, and that's why we are saying, okay, let's go to Crowsau uh, founding, let's start, don't wait to be approved for any, uh, for anyone, let's start. And then we... Actually, that's the thing, you know, I, you know funnily enough, you're saying, I mean, I, I'm going to just take it from a different point and go, okay, maybe more men are getting the support historically, and maybe more women didn't were put off being they thought they might be imposter syndrome now if we take all that away and go talent talent doesn't know its sexuality it does talent is talent and if it's a good idea it shouldn't matter where it comes from and it should speak for its as you said if you can wrap your story around it and it's not about the male or female founder but more this talent has created a solution that didn't exist five minutes ago, then money doesn't shouldn't recognise sexuality either. It should recognise opportunity and profitability. And if we and that's what should really be happening. It's 
step forward and you know if if the product makes sense or the service makes sense and whoever's speaking it and translating it and, and the language of it then it's going to get money the world because money is out there searching for a home never has there been so much even with the recession and the pandemics and all the rest of it now there's so much money in savings accounts because and it doesn't know what to do because suddenly if there's negative inflation there's negative interest rates it need this money needs to find a home and it wants to find a home in global solutions it wants to find a home in profitability it would it actually might even be skewed towards women founders because there might be more tax breaks there might be a bit of an incentive something there might be more story social media credibility pr capability because the i think these women's stories of success are going to get more airtime because it needs to because there's gender bias and all this out there so that will get pushed by the algorithms in my opinion because we want to hear more about women in film women in business it's out there you can see it every day of the week it has it, it's 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 not you're seeing it for the first time it's just because i think that glass ceiling is, going, is about to be smashed through and broken through because most of the time there's the men might have been there in the past but the woman was pulling the strings behind he that's what i think was going on they were making us go out to work they were they were molly calling us they were empowering us they were they were saying it's all right it's all right there darling you go out and do a good job and they were really doing the multitasking and pulling the puppet strings so i now they're just stepping forward going we don't need us men you just step out there yourself leave us at home with the kids actually i think most of us men now really want <laughs> to stay at home with the kids because we have it we're looking for the opposite side now you mean we could have stayed at home you mean you could have went out i didn't know that now you need to go i'll stay at home I'll do, I'll learn some cooking programs and you go out there and break the glass ceiling. But what won't change there is the common language of talent. You gotta have the talent. You gotta have the goods. You gotta have the services. It has to make sense. It has to be logical. It has to be a good story. And I think the last thing should, that should matter is the sexuality of anyone involved. I think one of the issues that is, does arise because, um, I, I've worked with a lot of students, uh, male and female, and quite often it becomes very quick. I, I, I recognize very quickly that the girls are the ones that were going to organize everybody into groups. And they, and they had a way of communicating, which the boys didn't seem to have. The boys, if you gave them a camera, they'd work out how to take it apart and put it back together again. And hopefully there's still, there wouldn't be any pieces left over. But the girls could actually see the bigger picture and they were able to kind of go, well, look, if you learn that skill and you learn this skill and do this, we can put that together and make a film. And there's the story that we want to tell. And they they would be brilliant at organizing all those things. And I know my wife has, has gone on to do something very similar. She started off as a midwife, great at organizing people. She didn't think of herself as a teacher, but she's now been sort of doing uh, uh, doing sort of all these diff different risk assessments where you set up sort of programs to get people to go and practice, not just think in theory about how they're going to solve problems, but take them through scenarios where they have a story that they have to go through uh, that is like an emergency sort of practice. And they, they, they work out, well, where did things go wrong? How do we improve upon that? And that's been her job in, in sort of organizing that. What I do know, having spoken to a number of producers, female producers uh, at a film festivals, is that quite often they're the ones that are packaging things, putting things together, 
they're the ones with the talent, but the guys are the ones that are going off and getting the glory and, and not giving the credit to, to where it, the credit is actually due. And, and this was stories that were being told by German producers, uh, Spanish producers that I'd met, and English producers who were, who were literally getting frustrated that, that the men were running off with, with, with the glory. They weren't doing the work in, in those sort of situations. They were the ones that were just letting you know, the organization being done. And I know that even 20, well, actually, no, it's 40 years ago now, near enough, whoops, <laughs> nearly 40 years ago when I worked in, a, in one of the first companies that I worked for, um, there was a man running it, but he was an editor. And the girl that was organizing everything, making sure the whole system worked properly, she was not being given the credit for making that business work. She was the one that was getting the business working, but the flag ship was this other guy who who had his name over everything and he thought he he treated her pretty badly so we're still having those same issues i think right across those four decades that women are still finding as as cecilia's talked about this glass ceiling that although they have got the skills and although they've got the capabilities they're not being allowed to show and and blossom through that and being given the credit credentials that they should be given for having that capability and I, I think that's one of the problems that is is still out there quite a bit. Now, I've spoken from a man's perspective, witnessing that. Tell me your experience of of, of from your perspective of how the women that you're dealing with are, are encountering these same kind of problems. Wow, that's actually it is happening, and it didn't happen before, and it's still on. But on the other hand, I think that uh, this time is completely unique. Now um, there's uh, the, the demand for IT services, for technology service, for high qualified finance uh, and design services is so high that even for big companies, it's difficult to find the right talents, the right qualified talents. And now there's also um, an opportunity that it is this to be fully connected, to be able to work remotely, to be all... Um, now the um, freelancers, the human cloud is growing so much, but still um, the shortage of uh, talents in the world, it's really like, it's completely unbalanced because in Latam there's a lot of um, high qualified and amazing talents that are still fighting with their glass ceiling in their companies, in their positions. And really there's, they think to put all the pieces together and to give a solution. And the solution is we are working with a multidisciplinary team and we are working on making this solid and transparent uh, platform to offer a solution to for this uh, talent, uh, female talent, to be able to set their own business in a friendly environment, in a solid platform, and to offer to the companies, to the startups, for startups, they are driving crazy to find someone that's highly qualified in IT, in science, in technology, to be able to manage a product or to connect with clients. So uh, it's a bit of ambitious um, project. It's an ambitious uh, vision that uh, we are step by step making it happen. Well, it's ambitious, which is great, and it's positive, and it's opportunity, and it's the whole thing here is it's solution driven, 
It's there's a worldwide shortage. It's trying to connect the dots. It's not that it's not wanted, not required, not needed, and it's of poor quality. It's more the fact it's it's how to wrap a story around a future story of talent and how do you could deliver this talent to those that need it and can make more value from it. And it's but the building blocks are there. That's the whole point. It, it could take three years. It could take three months. If it gets money, it goes faster. If it gets a good sponsor or, or, or champion, as you say, you're trying to find your champion out there that can open the doors. It's like Shark Tank and the Dragon's Dens. If you can make that one connection that can open a door wider, that can give it that, that story some airtime, that can get the right people to understand what it is that's on offer, things can go faster or they can fail fast because it's not the right thing we thought we had something but they don't really want that they want something else but like the weird thing is whatever you want to be able to ask that question of an audience if you don't want this what do you want because we have that as well we're just not calling this the right thing talent can be retrained it can be repointed it can be repackaged it can be so therefore it doesn't, have I got a talent? You know, I don't know if it's disco dancing or playing guitar or is it skiing or is it tennis? I could be a champion, world champion tennis player that never lifted up a tennis racket. I didn't, I didn't pursue that potential talent. But you have a bunch of people that have already got their qualifications, that have learned what they needed to learn. They've learned to rope somewhere else. They just want a home to deliver this talent too. And we all do. We all want someone to recognize our talent and let us do what we want to do. Let us excel in it. Give us some value for it. But what we will give you for that value for it is more than you're giving us. It's, it's not about the cost. It's about what you're going to do with this talent. I have a talent. You need it. What are you going to use it for? And if you're talking to financial companies, it's they want to use your accounting skills. If you're talking to IT ones, they want you to be coding in like HTML7 or something. There's They each have a need for something. But they, the, the weird thing is they're not asking for Jane or Jill or Garvin or George. They're asking for, I need this talent. I don't know who has it and I don't know where they are on the planet. But can you find me this talent and wrap it up in a price and, and tell me when I can have it and what I need to do about it. So there, it's those stories, making stories and making connections is where the difficulty lies for most of us. It's not that we don't have the talent or we can't get a better talent. The, the issue seems to be, from, from what I'm hearing there, is that quite often um, you've got a client that doesn't know how to tell their story about what they need and then you've got the other problem where the, the person that's offering the service doesn't quite know how to tell the story of, of what they can offer. How do you work with your, your clients um, to get them to tell the story so they can communicate? What, what, what are the key components of getting them to, re, to relate each story one to the other? Have you got concepts for that? Yes, when we work, usually when we make a presentation and you're working about your pitch, you really need uh, many of the entrepreneurs focused on their product, the features of the product, and that's completely boring. Yeah. That's, and then uh, the biggest danger you have when you're having the opportunity, this unique opportunity to have this someone that can really change and uh, you, you met someone and you have this is 
only you only have like a few seconds to get your first impression. It's not one first impression. You have few seconds to make this first impression. And if you lose it, you lose it. That's it's the it. elevator pitch. And You've got a couple of minutes at tops. You gotta do a dance. We've said yeah. that before in our yep. shows. You gotta put on a show. You gotta get, do a little dance. You gotta grab my attention. Don't try and sell me anything. I have to, by the end of it, suddenly realize I've been sold. I've been sold to, I didn't know what was going on. I was entertained, informed. You grab my attention and I'm asking for more. You know, rather than I've got something to sell, you know, here's the features and you're going, here's a list of bells and whistles. Nobody cares. No one cares about your product. No one cares about your service. You're meant to be selling me, me. What problem is it solving for me? What pain is it taking it away? How am I going to make more money from this? I don't care if it's a yellow whistle or a pink whistle. It's why, why am I even here listening to you? You're going, and I didn't, I, I'm not even here listening to you. You've, you try to hoodwink me and grab some of my time. Unless you book the time, I turn. And that's what the problem is when off of social media and LinkedIn's is you're being spammed left, right and center from people selling stuff that you don't even want, or you've already got a solution to, and all you want to do is, you know, make friends and influence people. And later on, you might mention you've got a product, but you've got, I might, you have to seep into me, my, my line of vision nearly subliminally these days. Otherwise, it's a hard sell spam. And there's a thousand people in a queue trying to deliver something similar to me, or, or whoever that me is. You gotta do a little dance, and that's what we say. You gotta entertain them. You gotta grab their attention when they're not looking, and you gotta get them to ask the question. Exactly, it is that. This question: What are you even hearing to me? Why? Why would anyone would hear to you? That's that's the main thing. Why would you ever hear? And let me tell you. And um, why is this? Why? Um, I think that this why is the most important question. Why? What would you or someone would ever hear? And let me tell you something that it is uh, this why. <laughs> I'm, when we start thinking about why talent, talent is everywhere. Why talent from Latin America? Uh, I start saying that in, when you ask about Argentina, that we as in a crisis, as we've been in a crisis before, economical crisis, social crisis, political crisis, big crisis, default, we've been through that. But this being through that is what is the opportunity, the resilient, mm -hmm. the risk management, the creativity that you have to develop to even do anything here. It's really like... Um, hard training. That's it. You're, probably, you're trying to pull on the heartstrings there and some money has got no heart. You know, it goes, I don't care. You're saying I can move to India. India's got similar problems. You know, go to you know, China. Don't, somebody's going to have, I'm, I'm not going to be I'm terrible. I'm, as an accountant, it'll go, there's going to be sob stories. There's going to be tough stories. There's going, that is not their why. That's if that if they've got a conscience, if they've got empathy, if that's what they're seeking out, that's one of their whys. That's that's just going to be if I want a PR exercise of publicity of helping A over B. It's going to be an added extra. But in the beginning, it's not going to be the why. That's your why, not their why. You know, but at the same time, you're, what you're doing is bringing talent 
to the market. You're competing with other worldwide talent in the same market. And it's talent. It's not where I came from and my why. It's you want me because I'm the best talent. I'm the best, not the best price. We want to stay away from cost and price. It's you want me because I'm the best talent now and I'm going to be the best talent in the future. And I'm training up, I'm skilling up. I'm going to keep on delivering and over-delivering and, and in, in not, not at the extent of, of, of um, you know, abuse, use and abuse and over-delivery. It's more the fact I've got so much to give and you, you know, it's me versus them because I'm a better why. It's, it, it's, and, and that's what it is. I'm a better talent. I can do a little bit more of a hop, skip and a jump. I can do a triple backflip. They can only do a double backflip. You, if you say your company has the best talent on the planet, well, then I'm number, I'm in that 5% percentile. You're not in, I have the minimum set of skills. No, you've got that extra bit. That's what you're, people have you have a better education system they've got the skills they've got it in droves they just haven't been seen they haven't been heard and they haven't been given the opportunity to do the little dance and that's all that's needed it's a lick it and see give me a chance give me an opportunity to, to prove and then you will want to keep and i think that's what's it's to make that join a lot of people go, go, go in and they do a little bit of work and they should showcase their talent and then the, the customer sees and goes, I need more of this. I now know the difference. I now know the why. You know, I think sense. it's about building relationships as well. And I think that's what, uh, from, from what you're saying, Cecilia, is, is where you are. You're, you're reaching out to build those relationships, build those bridges and create the communication, which maybe the client doesn't actually know at this point, but because you've actually reached out and can give them ideas about things, they're more than likely going to start to trust you because you're you're actually doing things with them, telling, working with them, telling them that maybe the stories they want to hear and actually helping them to move forward. And that's, what's, that's what it is. It's all about building those relationships. And I think one of the things that is also quite useful is, is that when you've built those kind of relationships, you end up finding you know, if a solution for them, wherever it can come from, and you can guide them in the right direction and help them out. And because they're successful with that process, they'll, they'll give you the, 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 they'll have the confidence that you'll find the, the solutions wherever you get it from to do what they need to help move them forward, which in the end will generate them a revenue and, and, and keep that revenue coming in for them. So I think that is the key thing. And that's what, that's what it's building those relationships, making sure that, they're solid and and unbelievable, and you can trust people, and that comes through the way they tell their stories, really, and whether those stories are believable or not. Uh, and it's it's getting through all those kind of things. Would you believe it? We're actually coming towards the end of this show wow. already. We've been going for about fifty minutes now, which is probably hard to believe. It's been a very very good conversation because I think the first off, it's it's fantastic, Cecilia, to see that you're reaching across the world to people like ourselves to to help educate us in in many ways about what's happening in Argentina you've also talked about the resilience of the people down there which which isn't really so much about the you know it's not about the hard sob story it's really about look there's a resilience here that can get us through anything any problem we can come up with a solution where we're able to help you out and we're not it's not about selling it's about building those kind of relationships with us We've also discussed some of the problems that women tend to have 
when they're working in certain types of environments, and I think I, I, I brought this up a couple of times because of my experience of seeing this, that quite often it, it's in certain situations, the men tend to get the glory because they're in these positions of power. And really underneath, it's the hidden person. And I think, Garvin, you've experienced this even from your perspective where you've, you've actually had the talent, kept things going, moved things forward, and really not been given the recognition for, for all the activities that you've been doing to make sure that that business stays afloat. And that's something that we've all sort of experienced, and I think it's quite good. I've also sort of talked about a little bit about some of my uh, family, f female family friends and uh, relatives who, who basically have had the entrepreneurial spirit and are just going out there and trying. And Cecilia, you talked about we can't have everything perfect. It's, it's never going to be perfect. We've just got to go out there and try. It's the 80-20 uh, process that we're, we, we've been talking about that quite often the 20% effort that you do in the beginning usually generates the 80% that you need. And the other 20% that uh, you're trying to get for perfection costs 80% of the effort. And really, there's no point because no one will actually notice the difference between the 80 and the 20. So the key thing is to go out there and just get the thing done. So I think that kind of wraps up roughly what we've been talking about. I hope I, hope I didn't miss anything there. Is there anything, last, last words you'd like to say, Cecilia? And then I'll pass it on to Garvin. And that was a lot, a lot. And I'm so happy to be in this postcard, to be speaking with you and to reaching out to this amazing community that now it's in Ireland. I lived there for six years and I met so many, such a amazing and generous people there that I'm, how to tell you, this, I'm so happy to be connecting back in Ireland, to be uh, now that they, to get in all this support is fully amazing absolutely building That's communities, that. building That's communities. You're, you're you're reaching them back to your irish community and and you're trying to join the dots from your argentinian community to the irish community and that's what we're doing now we're joining dots and this is the beginning this is not the end it, there's a future out there and the great thing about the story i'm hearing from yourself is we can dwell where we are and we can and, and give out about how things are and wish they were better or we can do something about it. And your the great thing is you're not talking, you're doing. You're doing something about it. You're doing your best. You're trying harder. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to showcase our talent. We're not looking for handouts. We're looking to deliver the highest quality there is of our skills of today and of tomorrow to those that want and need, need it. And it's just, we need help. We, need, we don't know how to get to that end game just yet, but we know the journey is, in, is, is on this journey of joining dots, make, creating new communities, and asking for help to deliver the answer, not asking for help for the sake of it. You know, we don't want that type of help. We want help to deliver to talent. That's what I think we are, to showcase. And next month, I, Cecilia mentioned that uh, their, her organization is setting up a Kickstarter campaign. So please look out for that Kickstarter campaign. And when we hear that it's acti activated, we'll, we'll pass it on any knowledge and share it on, on our social media network. So look, thanks very much, folks, for... Uh, joining us with this episode it goes out on a friday um we won't say when it is because we don't want to give it a particular time stamp but we look forward to you joining us again next friday for another one of our episodes of in the room thanks a lot and bye for now
Thanks a lot. Thanks to see you. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed this video. Please subscribe and click on the bell for notifications. 